1: Welcome to Let's Talk Wellness. I'm your host, Mara James, and I want to say thank you for joining us for today's conversation. During Let's Talk Wellness, we focus on healing, understanding, growth, and spirituality. This is part of the Hugs for Life Healing Center, a subsidiary of the nonprofit called Extraordinary Lives Foundation, where we are devoted to supporting mental health awareness and providing resources for children and their families. As the founder of these organizations, I have the great joy of collaborating with an amazing team of people to help bring healing to children and their families around the world. You can find out all of our information at ElfEmpowers.org, and you can find that link in the show information. Now, let's talk wellness with our guest, Jenna <laughs> so I keep thinking it rhymes with first and uh, yeah, Jennifer, Jenna. So Jenna is a healer and spiritual counselor and the creator of Luminary Pulse. Welcome, Jenna. Thanks, Mara.
2: Bye.
1: Thanks for being here today. Thanks for having me. <laughs> so, so many questions for you. My first one is, um, how did you get into um, doing this line of work? How old were you when you first started?
2: I've always, even as a kid, I've always been connected, um, definitely in nature, definitely connected with nature. But it was in college and graduate school that I realized that becoming a healer was something I wanted to do. Um, And and I've seen what she's done, and um, I wanted to continue in that direction as well.
1: And you were in graduate school studying for what?
2: I was actually studying speech pathology. So I... I realized that traditional treatments take a long time and I realized there was a much quicker way I could heal people and bring more light. And um, this healing that I do is that way
1: for me. Beautiful. And so you're the creator of Luminary Pulse. Can you tell tell us a little bit about that?
2: Yeah, a luminary is a person that inspires. And so that's always been my goal is to bring an anchor light into, into the world with people through inspiring them to do acts of kindness, to take care of themselves, to love themselves, um, to heal. And so Luminary Pulse brings those things to people, but also we do, we've done events, um, healing places where racism has happened, um, bringing communities together. That is part of the goal of what we do with Luminary Pulse as
1: well. that's beautiful. So bringing racism, um, clearing that, how does that, that sounds beautiful and magical. How does that work?
2: Well, uh, I was at a park in Mission Viejo, and there were swastikas written all over the park, and it didn't feel good. And I comm- contacted the the city of Mission Viejo, and they said, "No, we've already we've already cleaned this up." And I said, uh, "No, it's still there." And th- so we realized that it had been redone, and so that was more than just like a one off. So I contacted community members from temples, mosques um churches and we came together um with help of several other people It wasn't just me involved in this coordinating it um but community leaders got on board and even we had um house representatives there um uh, i think mimi walter sent some of her people back in the day and um mission viejo city council were, were there as well and we were able to come together and really bring light and Say some beautiful things and just it anchored, it shifted the light of the space. And it's such a beautiful park now. It's Pavilion Park in Mission Viejo. If you ever have a chance to go, I would recommend it.
1: Absolutely. And so you kind of did some energy work to help bring more love and light to the park. Is that correct? Correct. That's beautiful. Wow. Um, Okay. So then tell us about the work. I know that you've studied um, similar to what your mom does. So can you share with our friends what that entails?
2: Yeah, so I actually, after shifting out of speech pathology, I went back and I studied counseling psychology, and um, I ended up not getting the license because I wanted to do more of the spiritual path. And since two thousand four, I had been training with uh, Ellen Kaufman Dosick. She's an LCSW out in La Costa, California, yeah. and several hours, hundreds of hours of training with her over the years, and I do continuing education with her. Um, and that's been happening since '04. So, gosh, what is that? 22 years now or 21 years. So it's just it's my modality. It's what I love to work with. And it heals so many things. It's so powerful.
1: Wow. And um, so you still do some trainings with her? Is that what you yeah. said?
2: Just signed up to continue in January for six more, six more months of continuing ed. So, That's yeah. beautiful.
1: And when you're doing your training work, actually, are you doing self-healing work also? Or is that not part of it?
2: I mean, there's always a benefit. You get to use yourself as the guinea pig and practice the beautiful processes and uh, be part of that energy first. But it's more for clients. So mm-hmm. it's, all, it's counselors. It's people from all over the world that I connect with. Uh, a lot of rabbis are part of the call as well and spiritual healers. Just, I mean, people from uh, Europe, England, Israel, um, South America. It's amazing it, to be part of it.
1: Wow. But so is it, um, I understand a rabbi created it. Is it a Jewish type of healing, the soul memory discovery?
2: Uh, it wasn't a rabbi. She's an LCSW. I'm oh, sorry. She's not a rabbi. She's an LCSW. She was married to a rabbi. Oh, that's um, it. Okay she and a group of other healers came together um, and it's a type of healing that's actually been around for gosh, hundreds of years since the time of King Solomon. And it just, it came back because it's something that we needed. And so they help channel these processes and share them with us. And so we can use them uh, to heal our clients.
1: And it's all different religions use this type of healing. Is that correct?
2: Correct. You don't have to even believe in God to <laughs> benefit from the healing. Um, it's just all love. It's all light. Um, Yeah, I mean, some of the in some of the processes we talk about some Indian gods. There's all kinds of things. I mean, personally, when I do healing, I see all sorts of uh, beautiful energies from Buddha to Mother Mary. They come through, so it's it's there's no limits.
1: Wow! And when you see these, that when you have the see these in healing, you don't get scared.
2: No, no, I don't get scared. They bring share their energy, share their power to nurture whoever um, needs it. When I work with people with fertility problems, a lot of times um, Mother Teresa comes in, I would say this month actually, she came in to help one of the clients. So um, yeah, and I'm Jewish and I have Mother Teresa coming through. So it really, it doesn't it doesn't matter, it's all love and there are these beautiful souls and beings that uh, want to come through, so.
1: Oh, I I love that. So let's talk about, because I know I referred a couple of uh, clients to you with infertility issues, um, and I actually shared some of the information you shared with me with um, an infertility specialist, and it was interesting speaking to a medically trained physician, but um, if you could share with our friends how you work with those issues.
2: Yeah, so sometimes we find that people have had experience in past life where they had trouble conceiving or they lost a child or several children. And those beautiful souls stay connected to the soul in this lifetime. And those memories live in our cells at a cellular level. And so when we do soul memory, the, the modality that I use, it releases those, that trauma from the cells. And so in particular, it can be that a, a woman who is trying to conceive has these beautiful babies that maybe only lived six months or three weeks in a womb or or passed on really early in, in life. And they're attached to that woman in this lifetime. And so we have a chance to, to speak with them, hear their messages, have the, the, the women, you know, share their love with the babies and the babies share their love with the moms-to-be and say goodbye and release those traumas so that they can come forward because Often we find when, once that happens, there's like a lineup of, of beautiful souls just waiting to come in, waiting to check in. And sometimes they're just, they're just scared. Like, I'm going to hurt mommy if I come in. Being born is painful. Being pregnant is also very painful. Um, and it's just talking to them saying, yes, but she's strong enough. She can take this. She can handle this. And then they go, okay, <laughs> and they're ready. So it's just um, communicating and sharing that.
1: So this is where you're communicating with the um, soul that's looking to come in through the mother and telling them (laughs) that it's okay and don't worry about hurting your mom. Mm
2: -hmm. And the mother also saying that to them. So we're in the space, we're in in sacred space when I do these things. And so the client can share share as well. And there's a part of it where it says, do you have anything you want to share with them? Do they hear you? Uh, Is there any other message you want to pass on? And so we want to make sure it's completely complete and um, that way the souls can move on. And sometimes they often choose to come back. So
1: um, oh, sweet. Um, so when you say you're in sacred space, what do you mean by that?
2: So we do, when we start a session, we balance. And we call in all of um, our guides and angels to surround us with light. And that way, it's like a, it's like a wedding. A wedding has a set of rituals that, are followed in order for you to be married at the end of the wedding. And so it's just the same with healing. there's uh, there's steps that are in place, and the first step in healing is anchoring in the light and surrounding the clients and the healer with that light to do the work so that no negative energies can come through, there's no confusion, it's it's all clear, and it's all in love. Everything that um, I do with soul memory is all in love and all in light.
1: Oh, beautiful. Um, and then at the beginning, you said, that things are stored in the cells. So is that that's separate than the subconscious or unconscious mind?
2: Um, it's a physical, it's a cellular level. So trauma, if you see animals in nature, they have this horrible experience and they just shake it off. You'll see that with your dogs. They'll just shake it off. Oh, she stepped on my toe. Oh no. And they shake it off and people don't do that. They just clench up and they just, okay, I'm gonna move forward. And they just hold it into their body. And so we release that tension. We release that through um, through the healing processes.
1: Wow. So when something happens, what advice do you give um, to people that how to, like when they're experiencing some type of trauma, like how to release it immediately so it doesn't get stored in the body?
2: That's a great question. I think after the trauma happens, it's a good time to check in, balance, open space and find out what healing processes need to be done in order to rebalance the the client. That's- that So it's not be.
1: something like that a client, like a person can just do themselves, like this happened and like how the animal just shook it off, they could just shake it off. It sounds like it's a deeper process than that.
2: I think in my experience, something like Paralandra essences would be good for like in the moment. Um, and I'm not, I can't remember the woman's name, but I can look it up and you can post it on your site. Um, she does something really well with trauma. It's like right in the moment. And I've bought some of her Paralandra essences. It's like, it's an emergency essence and take it within like 20 minutes of this happening. So, um, soul memory is more of releasing trauma that's either been passed down through generations, you've taken on someone else's issues. um, People have beings attached to them or they're being messed with, they have curses. Also things like, cancer, or I have a lot of folks that they have cysts in their body, they need release. So it's, it's really a whole bunch of things, but it doesn't necessarily have to all be past life. We all have had traumas in this life as well that don't necessarily relate to other things too. So those can be released too.
1: Right. Wow. So um, tell us, so you've worked with some cancer patients?
2: I have. When I was doing my several hours of like I would consider it a practicum, <laughs> my practicum time for this. Um, I went to, I would consider him at like like a hospice level. So it was more about like letting go of old things and being able to transition with ease and yeah. being at peace. So more of the um, connecting in with the light so that they're at peace towards the end. And when I did my master's degree, um, I worked, 700 hours through St. Joseph. And I would go to do home care. And a lot of these folks were not on hospice, but they were towards the end of their life. And they had these, these, they were kind of like stuck in their ways and they had these issues and it was like just to help them let it go. And so they don't have to carry it on that carry that baggage into the next, the next journey that they're going to take. So.
1: Wow. Do you ever work with cancer patients that aren't hopefully at the end and, um, so more towards like they first were just diagnosed?
2: I've worked with people who've had cysts that are like, I, I would say like more of things that block like fertility and mm. those have dissolved, um, different pains in the bodies or ticks, um, anxiety. Like I had a patient, she was, she was picking a lot with her body and she couldn't stop it, it was related to anxiety, but it was also physical and that cleared away real quickly. Um, As far as cancer, I wouldn't say that is my specialty. No, working in in this for things right now. No, that's
1: not. Right. So tell me about, because I have a client that does like picks fingernails, toenails, has a lot of anxiety. Um, What what can we share with her here um, to let her know that there's hope and healing?
2: Yeah. Um, One thing when we do soul memory a client will come to me with a list of their issues. And when we open space, we ask their guides and angels what they want to work on. And then they'll tell me what processes will help them. So it's really tailored to each client, what they need. It it could be that this particular person has someone who's attached to them that passed on but didn't cross into the light that's bringing those those ticks, that anxiety and putting them on her unintentionally. And they just need to be sent into the light with love and healing. Um, but it, it could be a myriad of other things as well. And so that's the great thing about soul memories. We just ask, you don't know, we just ask, we ask. I about. love it. So that
1: sounds, I need to admit, um, I can imagine some people listening, like saying that you have somebody that you know passed over. So it sounds like they're a ghost and they haven't passed to the light and they're attached to them. That could sound really scary. How do you explain it that it's actually not a scary, but it's a, uh, I don't know if it's a normal occurrence or a regular occurrence?
2: They usually attach to people that are full of light. So it's like they just get confused when they cross over. And so they just, they see this beautiful soul, this beautiful person and all this light. And they think, oh, this is the light party. And so they're not there. It's not necessarily like a ghost, like haunting them, hurting them. It's all unintentional. And, um, and we just explain to them you've left your body, it, it's time to, to move on. And we send them into the light. We call in all of these angels. It's, it's a beautiful process. It's not scary. They're not being haunted. Um, and, and when they're released, it's like you're finally yourself without these things on you. It's like, whoa, I haven't been me in so long. And you get to find
1: right. out. And sometimes when people have these attachments, they start acting out like things that aren't even them. It's more of the, the soul that passed over, is that correct?
2: They can, it, it, you know, they can block a lot of light coming through. It's kind of like they're holding up an umbrella and they're not getting enough sunlight because this umbrella or this other soul is kind of, they're taking up all the light from them. And so how
1: explain that to like a 10-year-old, what that means with the umbrella and the light. Sorry.
2: So there's just a lot of distractions. So like a little kid that might talk to spirits, this is different than um, having something attached to them. So kids often go... I've had I've had to do some clearings on um, kids rooms in the past many clearings because they're talking to things and if they get scared that's different than maybe there's someone in their room that needs to be sent to the light Um, but we have guides and angels and master guides a lot of us have guides and we and kids are closer to the beginning where they just came from God in the light and so they they're very much still connected and they're open to seeing those things and those aren't going to hurt them in any way. They're there to, you know, watch over them and, and be there with them.
1: Well, it's, and it's so funny you're saying this because I have a friend and she was saying that her husband was putting their one and a half year old to sleep last, um, I think it was last night and the father saw the boy waving and saying hi. And he clearly was, saw something that the father wasn't seeing.
2: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That happens
1: a lot. But sometimes it could be positive And sometimes, you know, kids get scared, Do you know, are they seeing different things, versus it's just different ages that it's occurring?
2: Right. So things can come into houses. So sometimes you have guests over and they follow people in and they go, Ooh, I'm going to stay. And so then the kid might be seeing this energy that needs to be sent to the light. So um, that is something I do as well as I do space clearings. So I'll I've gone to people's houses, their businesses. I'll clear each room and then um, put a full cleanse on so that it's protected for the future as well. So that's something. And because of COVID and just because people are all over the country and the world, I do it over FaceTime as well. And so I just have the client walk in the room and ask and we check and then we say the process there and they go into the light. Wow. How about you? we check cars, (laughs) we check it all. So
1: that is amazing. Um, We are going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I I have so many more questions. And we want to hear about um, uh, other types of clients that you work with. And um, so stay tuned. We'll be right
0: back. In these shifting and changing times, more and more lives are being impacted by mental health. The Extraordinary Lives Foundation, also known as ELF, is transforming the way people view and navigate mental health challenges. Their mission is to improve children's mental health and wellness and support families by providing educational tools, resources, and awareness events. ELF encourages families to recognize symptoms, overcome the stigma, and reach out for help. visit the Extraordinary Lives Foundation website at www.elfempowers.org to find out more about their resources and events. Together, we can change the conversation around mental health. We hope that you're enjoying today's Let's Talk Wellness podcast, and if you have a topic that you would like us to explore, we would love to hear from you. Simply email us at info at elfempowers.org. That's info at elfempowers.org. And now, back to the show. Welcome back to Let's Talk Wellness.
1: I'm your host, Mary James, and today we have Jenna Gerstner, who is a healer and spiritual counselor. Welcome back, Jenna.
2: Hi, Mira. Thank you.
1: So we were discussing during break, um, lots of times you've been working with clients that have either relationship problems or they're looking for their soulmate. Can you share with us about that?
2: Yeah. So after we go through the deep clearing, a lot of people want to do the fun stuff and fun stuff is do I have a soulmate? Do I have a soul partner? Um, what's my mission? Um, how, you know, if it's to heal, what, what way am I supposed to heal people? Or when am I going to meet my soulmate? Those types of things. So we, we go through the processes, do the clearing. And once they're clear and shiny and squeaky clean, then we get to do all of these fun things. And, um, it often, we often find that people have soulmates, have soul partners, and sometimes they have more than one that, maybe they've met one and didn't work out and there's another one waiting in the wings. So um, it can be a lot of fun.
1: So a person can have one more than one soulmate.
2: Yeah. Soulmates um, definitely more than one soulmate. I think the soulmates can be, they come into our life to share an experience with us or teach us an experience. And then often that is complete. And then they move on. Soul partners, are um, wonderful beings that complete us energetically on a spiritual, sexual, balancing level, um, and they don't drain us. And the the relationships are open-ended for as long as the partners wish. Usually they're lifelong uh, commitments.
1: So is a soul partner similar to a twin flame?
2: I'm not sure. I don't know what that is.
1: Oh, Okay. Probably similar, but um, interesting. And does everybody, I mean, are there some lifetimes where people do not find their soul mates or their soul partners?
2: I'm sure that's possible. I mean, people with all of the sicknesses that have happened, a lot of people have chosen to move on and transition sooner. Um, mm. But if they're, you know, if they're meant to meet and that's their contract to meet, usually they, I find that they do meet. It's just the time frame sometimes has a big deal to do with what's going on in the world. And people want to know when, 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 and especially when I was doing a lot of healings during COVID, it was like, you got to wait at least seven more months or 10 more months. And people were like, no, yes. You know, like it's, there's a big, there's so There's free will, but there's also what's going on in the universe as well, too. Right. And that's always
1: confusing to me because I have so much faith that what's meant to be will be. But then there's that free will. And do you believe like when someone's supposed to pass, there's a given date? Do you believe that there's different windows when people choose to uh, transition back home?
2: That's something that Ellen Kaufman-Dosick, who's one of who's our biggest teacher in soul memory, has talked about different kind of windows or doorways or exit points. Um, I'm not too advanced in that knowledge, but I am aware that there are some people have a couple different options. Mm. Um, I had a best friend that passed in high school. And I remember right after high school, she passed in college and in high school, she was driving on the freeway. And one of those rakes came off a, uh, a gardener's truck and went right through the middle of the seat between her and her cousin. She didn't die, but it was like, that could have been one of her points of exit, and then later on in college, um, she lost her life. So, yeah. So I definitely believe in different different ways that um, different exit points. Yeah, more than one.
1: Wow, how interesting! And you think that is like whose choice is that? Right? Is that something like God's choice, or universe's choice, or subconscious choice? And that I- might be. <laughs>
2: are very big questions. I don't, I don't know. I, um, I, I do believe that, or I've learned that we have contracts. We come into light this world with a contract. So in a way there's no, there's no victims. We're not victims. We, we choose the path. We choose these circumstances, these stories to work through in our lifetime so that we can learn things and grow and move forward, um, and increase, you know, our vibration, our consciousness, um, and advance. And a lot of people are taking big jumps right now because the energy of the world has been raising and raising. And people, when we say consciousness, their minds are linking up to the same idea that you matter to me and I matter to you and you are me and I am you and we are connected. And so I can look at you with my God lovey-dovey eyes and say, you are beautiful, you are love. And that is raising consciousness. And more of that is happening all over the world.
1: Right. And I think that's where the big F word uh, forgiveness comes in, where like when something really, really bad happens, um, if somebody does something to your child or to you and it's really hard to forgive. But when you could really look at them like that, they're also part of that, like God consciousness and that oneness. Definitely right. one of the biggest challenges, um, I think, in all of our lives. I Thankfully, I think I've made it to the other side um, with some of my abusers. But, um, yeah, I know a lot of people are like, why would somebody ever choose this for themselves? Or why would I choose this for, this for myself? And then they stay in that victim mode. They don't move forward.
2: Right. And there's also ones that are part of like a group kind of trauma, group incidents, like uh, incident, like 9-11. Those folks in those towers, they had that experience as they made, it's so, I mean, it's sad when talking about now, but they had a contract to do that. And in doing that, it shifted the consciousness of the world. All those people passing raised the love vibration of us caring about this coming together. Um, there is a process that I do with soul memory that if a person keeps feeling like they're being drawn into the tornado, we can say, no, I don't wanna be part of this group of tornadoes anymore. And we can, um, change that path and release it. So they don't have to do that. They don't have to be experiencing that.
1: And when you say the tornado from this life or including past lives?
2: This life, uh, this collective <laughs> experience of life. Um, and so often I find like people say, oh, I was cut off today. I tripped, I lost my keys. Like so many different things are happening. They're usually something is something as bigger is at work. And so it's like, okay, we need to just do this clearing real quick for you.
1: Right. so we talk a lot about past lives um, you and I believe in them some a lot of people don't um, whether or not somebody believes in it does it matter um, when how you could clear a past life um, issue
2: you don't have to believe in any of it um, but you do have to be um, okay and give permission for the process so it's not I don't I can't say I can go clear your sister without permission. I have to have the client's permission. They have to be opened to the process, but they don't have to necessarily believe in it or, um, yeah, they don't, they, don't have to be, they don't have to believe in it, which is great. So it can be any religion, no religion, it doesn't matter. It's all just love. So most oh, people yeah. believe in love and that's pretty universal.
1: Wow. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> I hope that they believe, right? So I have a, have a big question, heavy question, because we both also happen to be Jewish. And I don't mean to push anyone's buttons, but you talked about 9-11, and I want to bring it back to the Holocaust. So would you, is was the Holocaust, would you say, similar to 9-11? Um, I don't know. I don't,
2: I think... Honestly, it's probably like a karmic issue, just a big karmic issue, a big karmic contract just for that culture of people, for Jewish people in general. I don't think it had to do with um, what happened at 9-11. I think it's its something, the Holocaust was horrible, but that's nothing new for Jewish people. It's been going on for over a thousand years of being kind of terminated wherever they are. So that's just part of um, systemic anti-Semitism. so.
1: Is that something that can ever be cleared as a, you know, rate your religion? Or is that just something that uh, we, we all have to deal with?
2: I think racism on a whole is being cleared at a very high level right now by so many different faiths and people. And as we, as that consciousness, as that when I see you, I see God. It doesn't matter if you're, if you're Jewish or Christian or whatever culture you are, you're just seeing them as, as being because you're seeing yourself in them too. You walk an equal step with them, that's compassion. So as that compassion level arises, there'll be less anti-Semitism. there'll be less racism. What's happening right now, all these, you'll probably find that you're seeing more anti-Semitism and more racism right now is because all of the dark pockets of the world, all of the nastiest of nasties being exposed because there's so much more light right now, so they've been hiding, but now they're like, "I'm coming out, and I'm going to give you my best, my best tantrum." People are having some really big tantrums right now because they've been exposed. <laughs> so they're just going out with a bang.
1: Wow! And um, how interesting. And it's interesting with um, like you know, we talk You talk a lot about karma, and I actually um worked with your mom um, a couple weeks ago because with Kanye West, there were some scary things coming out of his mouth. And um, your mom discovered that it wasn't his karma. He actually took on karma for somebody else, which to me is so profound that we have the uh, ability to do that.
2: Yeah, there are some folks that have been caught in something called a glamor there. A lot of people have been taken down these rabbit holes of conspiracy theories or beliefs that you would never say this is true. And they're just following these like crazy wild ideas right now. And so there is a process in what we do that releases people from those weird ideas. I mean, I had one client that came to me. She's like, yeah, I've been reading this stuff online and I was going to invest more into it. And I've been, you know, taking it on and following these videos and going, I'm not really sure, but okay. You know, because they're looking to grab onto something.
1: Mm. Do you think they're looking to grab on because they're living in fear or uncertainty? What's driving that?
2: I think a lot of people have been so desperate. You know, they've been in a cave through the times of COVID and looking to connect and finding different ways than they usually would have to connect. And sometimes these ways seem like wonderful, exciting ways, but they're really there's some dark energies behind them. And so it's kind of building the client up strong enough that they can see the difference with their own eyes. Mm. Because just, they've just they kind of been so low for so long, not knowing what to, to grab onto.
1: Right, wow. Unbelievable. Um, I want to get back to what you were discussing with the soul mates and soul partners. Um so how when you're working with somebody, do you tell, do you see who their soulmate or soul partner is? And how does that all work?
2: Sometimes I'll see like, oh, they work, they work with their hands, or you know, they might be like a construction, you know, working in construction or architect, something like that. Or um they'll show me they also have a kid too. A lot of times. I work with people, they, they've been divorced, they have a kid, but that's not, their they weren't with their soul partner, they're still looking. And so it's kind of like, you know, finding the person for them, where they're going to find them. Um, so is there something they need to do? Some work first? Are they ready? Is their partner ready? You know, a lot of times before people it can be really ready to share themselves, they go and do their own work before they're 100% ready to give themselves over with someone else to be in love with. So did they do their therapy? Did they release their karma? <laughs> do did oh, they disengage with the ex-wife? You know, is that all cleared? Are they fully divorced or are they, um are they living out of the country? Are they coming in? So it's, it could be a multitude of things. Um, one client I had recently, the guides are saying, yes, she does have a soul partner, but the person she was with wasn't, and it was very hard for her because this person had some addiction issues because she could see really beautiful moments with this partner, but it was so hard to let go. And I think sometimes seeing that there is another option, you don't have to settle for someone that's not ready, that's still trying to do their own healing. There are options and um, that they're gonna be okay. You know, We're not ever alone (laughs) and that we chose before we came into body to find these people. So you have a contract with someone.
1: Right, right. So that and that's like where it's bigger than us. Um, yeah. So you you just mentioned about people. Um, they might not be ready to meet their soul partner, their soulmate. They have work to do. Um, can you tell us a little more about that, please?
2: Sure. Um. So when when you're with a soul partner, it's you're in a relationship with someone where you're not taking their energy. You're 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 fully grounded. Your circuits are completely plugged into yourself and you're you're running like a full steam ahead engine. Um sometimes people get in a relationship because they need something. They need someone to complete them like a Jerry mcguire <laughs> you know? That's not necessarily a strong relationship. So if you're if you're at that point where you, I need someone to complete me, then you're you're probably not ready for your soul partner. You need to be able to complete yourself first, to do the work, to love yourself, to fall in love with yourself first before being ready to find your soul partner.
1: I love that. And I'm sometimes speak to women and they're like, my husband doesn't do this and that. I'm like, he's not allowed. You need to fill your own cup. And then he could be like the icing, the uh, whipped cream on top of the uh, the cup. He's not allowed to change unless you change and you want him to change, but you don't need him to change. So I love that you
2: brought that up. Like my own husband, I'm not, I'm not, I don't have a, I'm not, I'm not allowed to do specifically healing on him because I'm not his therapist. I'm not his healer. I'm not, right. So he can go to healer. He's gone. You know, he can go see Ellen Kaufman Dossick in La and be healed by her. But my relationship with him, we are partners, not, I'm not his boss. I'm not his healer. And so, right. so there has to be a balance.
1: Right. Well, I love that. So, um, My daughter actually had a session um, with your mom last week, and it was interesting because my daughter said to her dad, my husband, um, dad, there's some karma that I've taken on for you from you that you need to get to heal. And of course, he's like, oh, no, 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 no. But then I scheduled the appointment and it's coming up this week. But it's interesting. So when a child takes on their parents' karma, is it possible for the child to release it with the parent not releasing it? I know know that him releasing it's going to help her and all of us, but is it possible that the child can release it without the adult, the parent releasing it?
2: Um, If the child's under 18, or I would say more like under 14, then it's possible because when you're doing healing on a child that young, you're essentially still healing the parent too, because you're so connected at that age. But as an adult, the, the, the adult child isn't going to do the work for the parent. So we we would clear the clear your daughter get all the stuff off of her and any work your husband would need to do he need he would do the work but when you say work it's really it's sitting and talking and saying processes that takes about an hour two hours it's not it's not like go to therapy for months and do these things it's right. just those stories and being having the courage to say okay I'm ready to let this go I'm not carrying this backpack around next week with me so
0: yeah
1: when he's and to work, I love that it's a it's a quick wham bam thank you man um where they don't have to you know how do you feel at this age and it's it's really I, you know as I've been working with you and your mom that it's very um it's it, you make it really easy and that you're just guided to help uh, you know have us you know do a couple of different processes repeat things after you um that's also,
2: people in the medical profession I have one client she's in, she's a scientist analyst and so she likes things explained. So I have a lot of notes on my processes and she she wants every little note and every little detail. But some people I find it's better just to just to do the process. You don't need to know how. The more creative people are like, Yes, I feel that this is gonna work for me and I don't need to know exactly everything. And it just does, but some people need to understand it. And right. so it can be explained. <laughs> Each process yeah. can be.
1: So I'm the person, I'm like, let me just push the button, let my light come on and don't understand how the electricity works behind the button, you know, and then, um, but yeah, wow. Um, and what is the best way for people to find uh, find out about you or get in touch with you if they want to schedule a session?
2: Sure. I have a website, it's called luminarypulse.com and they can find me there and um, you can read my bio, you can book a session. Um Um, create a contact to book a session and um, my phone number is on there as well too. Beautiful.
1: And we'll, we'll list that link in the show information.
2: And are you on social media? Um, Currently I'm not.
1: Smart woman.
2: (laughs) I find, I just found that every time I was on Facebook or something like that, I didn't feel good after. I felt like I had been thrown, like all this junk was dropped on me. And so I felt I was just a happier person when I'm not on it. And so I'm just me and um, my website's not connected to anything else except for me. And um, it's, it's all in sacred space. So
1: That's beautiful. Jenna, it's been such a pleasure having you today for you and all of our friends out there.
0: Don't forget that you are amazing. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Let's Talk Wellness. This podcast has been brought to you by the Hugs for Life Healing Center. A division of the Extraordinary Lives Foundation, a 501c3 nonprofit organization. If you would like to listen to more conversations like this, we invite you to subscribe to our mailing list at www.elfempowers.org to be notified when our weekly episodes are published. Thank you for joining us, and we look forward to bringing you our next conversation on Let's Talk Wellness.